Do you travel for a living and struggle to maintain a healthy lifestyle like I do? Or maybe you just struggle to stay healthy in general. This is the Road to Health podcast and I am Tamar, your host for this adventure. I travel for business often, which presents some challenges in terms of achieving and maintaining a healthy lifestyle. Join me on my perfectly imperfect journey as I implement the strategies I've learned from the coaches I work with and make my dreams and goals a reality. I don't always manage to resist the temptations that life throws at me, but by working on developing a healthier mindset, I'm managing to build a firm belief in my own ability to change. No one needs to take this journey alone, so if you struggle to make healthy choices on the road like I do, join me for this ride on the road to health. Well-traveled, well-lived. Have you been through a traumatic relationship or experienced codependency? You are not alone, my friend. Hey everyone, Tamar here from the Road to Health podcast. Thank you so much for joining me today. As I record this episode, it is a wet, rainy day up here in beautiful British Columbia, Canada. And you know what? I kind of appreciate it, even though I love the sun. I don't spend a ton of time in the sun because uh, I'm usually spending my time in my office creating. Um, but you know what? Uh, our grass is a little bit brown. And so I got to be honest, I'm kind of appreciating the wet, rainy day. Plus, then I get to be inside doing what I love, which is creating new content for you. So a few things before we get into today's episode. Today's episode is episode number five, and it's going to be on abuse and codependency as I have experienced that many times in my life. But before we get into that, I wanted to bring up a couple things. So Hope Elevated, as you know, is now in paperback version. Uh, which I'm getting my five copies today. I'm super pumped. It was uh, when I got my proofs in my hand, it was such a dream. You know, I never thought that in a million years I'd be able to write a book. And now I've written one about my story where I get real vulnerable and it felt good. You know, it, it was a very healing process. Um, it's one that I don't regret doing. I'm, you know, I've had people ask me how I feel about kind of letting it all out there. And to be honest, I'm okay with it. You know, I think that if it can help people, which is, that's what the purpose of the book is to help people gain hope, uh, that they too can change their lives. And if they're struggling with stuff, it's still possible to change that mindset. And, you know, guys, I honestly, and my friends can tell you this, I love going to bed early at night now. I never thought I would say that ever um, because I actually get super, super excited to get up in the morning. As you know, I get up very early. I start my morning routine. And I think because I found something that I'm truly passionate about, it has just made waking up in the morning so, so much easier. And I try to make sure I surround myself with other people that do the same thing because we kind of all vibe off each other and it just it gives you that positivity you need especially in today's world where you know if you look at the news there's so much negativity there's so much hate and you know I need love in my life and you know surrounding myself with people who try to remain positive and try to see the best in others uh, that's just a really good feeling so that's where I'm going to start off with. Speaking of mindset, I am in the middle of hosting a Mensana class, which is the Latin term for healthy mind in a healthy body. And wow, that's th- that's the word that I'm going to use for this. I After the first session, 
Uh, one of the things that I asked everyone is to tell me that if money wasn't an object, right, and this is after going through the goal setting and the vision process of the course, I asked everybody if money wasn't an object, what would you do? Like what could you picture yourself doing in life? And one of the women started describing her dream, right? Something she's always thought about, but she's it's always been a dream to her. It's never been something that has turned into a reality or something that is going to happen in her life. And she started describing this with such detail. So you can tell she's thought of it a lot. And everybody got goosebumps. You just saw, you know, we do this over Zoom right now because of the social distancing, but everybody's mouths just dropped, right? And we got comments after and she said, you know what, up until I said that out loud in front of the group, I always thought it was just a dream. And now I actually, it feels real. It feels like something that I could achieve. And that gave me goosebumps, first of all. And I gave that woman a shout out for being so vulnerable and being so honest. And you know what, that's what this course does. Um, it's just, it's been an amazing experience. I've decided that I'm going to be hosting two more very shortly. One at the end of September, I think it's going to be September 23rd, or sorry, not September, August, the end of August. Um, and then I'm going to be doing one early September. Space is limited for these groups because I think I'm going to have a max of 14 people. I want it to be as intimate as possible. I want people to be able to be honest. And I want this to be an incredible experience for them, just like it is for this first group. And so I'm going to be putting out official dates Make sure you follow me on Facebook under Tamar Medford or you can join the Facebook group, The Road to Health, and I will be giving you more details. You can also, I'll give some updates on Instagram, which is at The Road to Health PC, uh, so you can get details there. Or of course, last but not least, you can head over to my website and I'll make sure I have some information there as well for you. But like I said, I'm going to be starting two groups and also because I know what's happening in the world is very difficult for people. Typically, Mensana is $4.95 per person. That is over a 12 to 13 week time span, typically 13 because the number one session is a goal setting Ikigai session, which I get into in the course more in depth. And then there's 12 modules to follow. But um, I think what I'm going to do is do a two for one rate. So if one person signs up, you can bring a friend for free. So if you need a mindset breakthrough, you want to beat procrastination, you want to get rid of those limiting beliefs that you hold on to, make sure you send me an email at info at the road to health dot me and I can send you some more information to the exact dates that those are starting. And I look forward to seeing you there and helping you shift that mindset. So in today's episode, we're going to talk about abusive relationships and codependence. And I don't think this is a topic that anybody really likes to discuss, but I think that it's important that if you've been through it and you've never talked about it to find somebody that you can trust because as I mentioned, I have been in a lot of codependent uh, relationships and friendships and it's something that I had to really work hard to get out of. Now, this is probably one of the more difficult stories that I'm going to be sharing with you during this series. But I think, like I said, it's important to get this stuff out. Um, it's been something that when I wrote about it in my book, Hope Elevated, uh, it brought up all the emotions again. And it was tough to talk about, but it it's almost like it's the start of kind of a, a major cleanse, right? Now, I want to read to you the definition of codependency, 
It's an excessive emotional or psychological reliance on a partner, typically one who requires support on account of an illness or addiction. Now, as you know, I've struggled with drug and alcohol addiction and food addiction, but I was also in many, many relationships uh, with people who were exactly the same. And I was so reliant on them and I wanted to believe so badly that people would change. And as we know, um, many people do not. You have to want to change. And that went for myself as well, right? It didn't matter who approached me and who said I had a problem or I was messing up. It wasn't until I actually had the desire to change myself that I actually made those important decisions to turn my life around. So I didn't only find codependency in my romantic relationships, um, it was also in my friendships, you know, it was the way I relied on people and um, treated them. And, you know, I haven't realized that until probably a few years ago, to be honest, because I just thought it was normal. I mean, being in those romantic relationships with people where it was extremely codependent and abusive um, it, it just was the norm for me, right? And I think a lot of people continue that cycle where we continue to meet people and we think it's a good idea and we think this time's going to be different, but they're very similar to the last person that we were with. Um, I don't know if you can relate to this, but I sure can because every time I met somebody new, I was like, wow, they're so much better than that last guy. And, you know, I always picked people who were also in addiction because they would let me get away with stuff, right? And of course, I didn't want to change and be with the good guys at the time. Um, So anyhow, I digress. But um, I want to talk to you about a relationship that I was in that I briefly touched on when I talked about my drug addiction. Um, When we met, he apparently was trying to turn his life around And yet we met at friends of ours that use cocaine a lot. And so that should have been my first red flag, but it wasn't. Um, You know, we became very reliant on each other from the very, very beginning. You know, I wanted to be that person that met up with him when he was looking to change his life and I could keep him on the straight and narrow, even though I myself couldn't stick to the straight and narrow, right? I was still doing the same stuff, but... You know, I just had this desire in me to change him and to make sure I was the person that was going to save him, right? And when we were married and we had kids, people were going to talk about how, oh, thank goodness he met Tamar because now he's saved. Well, didn't turn out that way. After years of having to put up with every paycheck he would take off for the weekend and, you know, show up on Sunday high as a kite and completely broke it destroyed me. And, you know, I I would, every weekend that that happened, I remember being alone or I would go out partying with a friend. But when I was by myself, I'd be thinking, why am I doing this to myself? I'm done. Now, can you relate to that when you've been in a relationship and you're like, I'm done? I know some of you may not be able to and some of you can. Um, but it that's it's not just with relationships that I've done that. I've done that with dieting. I've done that with lots of different things where I'm like, okay, I'm finished. This is the last time I'm going to do this, right? Um, but then, of course, as soon as he came back on Sundays, we would fight. I would throw things at him. It would get abusive, you know, I mean, not only with him, but with myself. I was more the one who would get physically aggressive in the beginning. He didn't do that until the very end. 
but it was a very abusive relationship, right? I kept putting myself through this over and over. And there were many times where I had gotten signs that I should probably leave this relationship, but I chose not to because again, I wanted to be the savior. I wanted to be the one that saved his life. I remember there was a period where we actually went, and I talk about this in the book, um, we had gone some time without him actually taking off. And by some time, I mean maybe a month or two, um, where, you know, he didn't take off every payday and he started to show signs of improvement. And that always brought me hope, right? And I think that is probably what kept me in that relationship a lot longer. I was in this relationship for about four years, um, <clears throat> but that kept me in that relationship a lot longer than I should have stayed, right? Because there was that hint of, hey, maybe this time it's going to be different. Maybe this time things are going to change and, you know, he's going to get his shit together. Um, but no, it didn't happen. Um, when he was put into a situation uh, like going back to work, for example, because there was a lot of unemployment um, during these four years where it was very off and on, um, he would be hanging out with old friends again in the same environment and off he went. And I remember, um, you know, we had finally made our last move and we had moved a few times. We had actually ended up sleeping in a tent, um, which I believe I talked about in an earlier episode for a period of time. But this was kind of our last stop in our relationship. And he ended up going to work and of course, by payday, ended up disappearing again. Well, I got on the phone with a friend and I just remember crying and going, you know what, I can't do this anymore. And it had really taken a toll on me emotionally. I had gained a lot of weight because of course I would be drinking my face off when he was gone. I would be heading over to McDonald's two, three times a day sometimes. And I was just eating terribly. I was I was not taking care of myself. It was almost as though I was punishing myself because I was staying in a relationship that I knew was incredibly healthy for me. And, you know, there was, I'm so grateful for the strong friendships that I have in my life, but there were definitely friends that were like, what are you doing? You know, we can't handle watching you do this again. Um, But this time I had really gotten to my end and I really needed to end things. And so I had talked with a friend and we had decided that when I got a hold of them, Um, that was it, right? So I had managed to get a hold of his boss and asked him to get in touch with me. And so shortly after I had gotten a phone call, well, I could tell that he had probably been drinking, although I wasn't 100% sure on the phone. And I just said, you know what, don't come back. I can't do this again. Um, I'm tired of this. And of course, there was apologies like there always was. And that you know, remorse and guilt and stuff like that. And I just, I decided I couldn't do it anymore. So I just hung up. I left that be. I said, come get your, come get your shit. Um, But yeah, I can't do this anymore. I had a feeling that this wasn't going to be the last time I was going to hear from him this evening. And so I tried to keep myself as busy as possible. And sure enough, shortly afterwards, I got another call. And by this time I could tell he was definitely high. And I'd had some drinks and this did scare me, this call, right? Because he was very angry. He said that I wasn't going to leave him and this wasn't going to happen. And I remember just slamming the phone down because at this point I just, I needed to get off the phone. Um, Hearing his voice just scared the crap out of me. Um, I ended up taking a couple painkillers and some sleep aids because of course now I was wide awake. 
Um, and I was already upset and stressed out about this whole situation and just needing him to leave and get out of my life. So I called my mom, I believe, and then uh, I called a friend until I got drowsy enough to go to sleep. And you would think after a couple pain pills and some sleep aids that it would be easy to pass out. Um, but it was not because, of course, that adrenaline was going and it was I wasn't sure what was going to happen because his behavior was so sporadic when he was high. Um, and I went to bed and I remember laying there and it was silent. You know, it was a nice, quiet night and we lived in a fairly quiet neighborhood and I saw this shadow walk by our window we were in a basement suite but it was the ground level so the path to the by the side of the house was right where our bedroom was and I saw this shadow walk by and instantly I just I I paralyzed right I couldn't get up you know you would think that one in that situation would just jump out of bed and hide or go and run to the door and you know the door was locked but of course he had a key so that didn't really matter um, but I, I was so paralyzed by fear at that point because I knew that I was in trouble. As I laid there, unable to move, I heard the key in the door and his, he was a fairly, you know, he wasn't a big, big guy, but he was a fairly strong guy. And I remember just hearing his footsteps coming down the hallway and that really, I just, I was still paralyzed. I couldn't move and he was he uh, swung the door open and threw on the light and just the anger in his eyes scared the shit out of me and I've never been in a situation like this so I you know had dealt with friends who had been and I couldn't imagine what it was like but it was you know one of the most intense scary times I've ever been through and he had grabbed a milk jug. Um, we had a milk jug with a whole bunch of pennies in it. It was one of those old-fashioned milk jugs. It's really heavy and threw it at the wall uh, beside me. So, of course, it shattered into a, like tons of little pieces all over the floor. And I, he had come and approached me and basically pinned me down on the bed. And I tried to kick him off. Um, I managed to throw him off balance. So he kind of fell back um, against the closet door, which... I tried to get off, but he ended up grabbing my legs and dragging me off the bed. Um, I managed to stand up, but of course he was yelling at me this whole time and I couldn't even tell you what he was yelling at me. Um, but I just remember screaming as loud as possible because our landlords were upstairs and I just wanted to make sure they heard. Um, of course, I didn't hear anything the first little bit because I, I felt like I couldn't hear anything. And so anyway, um, he ended up grabbing me by the wrists and throwing me down on the ground face first and dragging me um, out of the bedroom into the hallway. Of course, I was being dragged through the glass uh, pieces that were on the floor. And I ended up screaming so loud that I did eventually hear um, someone stirring upstairs because, you know, when you can hear somebody hop up or get up, um, I ended up hearing that. It was at this point um, that he ended up letting go of me and bolting towards the door because you could tell that somebody was coming downstairs. And thank goodness um, he did grab my car keys on the way out and ended up throwing them on the lawn so I couldn't leave. Um, he also ended up, uh, I found this out after, going to my car and pulling out one of the hoses or plugs or something 
Um, I'm not a mechanic, so I couldn't tell you exactly what it was, but it was a part um, he ended up kind of throwing away um, so that I couldn't go anywhere. But the landlord, um, she came in and basically stood over me and asked if I was okay. And so she took me, you know, I was bruised and cut up and she took me to the phone and she made sure to watch stand guard at the door to make sure that he wasn't going to come back. And I remember calling 911 that night and they actually asked me, um, my landlord eventually, because I was on the phone for a little bit as they were sending the police over, um, my landlord said she would go back up and just make sure he didn't come out front. And, you know, they wanted me to go and look around the corner to make sure that he wasn't outside yet. And of course I was shaking and I was in tears and I did not want to go outside. I just wanted to lock the door um, hold that lock there because he did have a set of keys and I did not want him to come back because I wasn't sure um, if he was going to come back. Well, the police came a short time after and I'll just say thank God for my higher power. Um, there was enough damage on me for cuts and bruises that the police took pictures and um that they said that I wouldn't have to appear in court and that he would be charged um, because of the visible damage, which I'm grateful for that system that we have here. And so that was a bit of a relief. They got all my information from me and then, you know, waited until a friend or family member came to pick me up. So I called a friend of mine and he was graciously enough to come pick me up and allow me to stay um, with them until this nightmare was over. It took me a long time to really understand why this all happened and and that's why I talk about codependency in this episode, not only abuse, but um, you know, I was fortunate enough that there was enough damage on my body that I didn't have to go to court, you know, I didn't have to face him again. Now, the interesting part is about a year, um, maybe not even a year, it was maybe a little bit less than that. Um, I ended up um, seeing him again and I remember walking into a room and looking up and seeing his face and I was with a friend of mine and I turned around and just you know that that feeling of that like being paralyzed again hit me but this time I managed to turn around and walk away Um, I you know kind of relived that again right that that terror and I just started bawling and I right away went and talked to a couple friends of mine and ended up kind of realizing that I hadn't really dealt with this because um, as you know um, in a previous episode I had gone a couple months after this where I had isolated and I was just using day in and day out and really punishing myself but you know, I have since really looked into codependency and what that means because not only have I had it in romantic relationships, but also in um, friendships, you know, where I really relied on somebody and there was a lot of mental abuse going on in those um, relationships. And I do talk about that in my book, Hope Elevated, where I actually had a friendship that, you know, we've since made amends um, about it, but that we were you know, terrible for each other. Um, Now, that being said, I have really learned things since then and I've owned my part in it because the one thing um, that through my sobriety I've really, really learned is to own my life. You know, I can talk, you know, talk about this abuse that happened at the, during and at the end of my romantic relationship 
and blame and say it's not my fault but the reality is is I was in this relationship for four years right and every second weekend he would leave me and I got in some serious serious debt because I was paying for food I was paying for when his son came to stay with us and at any point I had been given these options to get out right I continued to get signs that said get the hell out of here what are you doing I had friends that had tried to pull me out but yet I chose to stay in this relationship for four full years I chose to put myself through that emotional right uh, abuse over and over and over again and so even though the abuse part of it and getting attacked at the end there and having to go through all that, that was not my fault. Um, you know, I can't control how somebody reacts. The fact that I stayed in that relationship and I enabled him to continue doing what he was doing to me, which eventually led to that outcome. Since then, I've owned that, right? And I own that in my friendships as well, where I relied so heavily on people to make me happy, right? I thought I needed those friendships and relationships to make me happy. Well, I've soon discovered that I don't, right? If I'm just me and I set boundaries, that the strong friendships are the ones that really continue on in my life. And have been such an amazing um, means for me to grow, right? Because people just call me out on my stuff and I can do the same for them. So, you know, I think the important thing out of all this and the lesson that I learned is that I need to own what I went through and I have no uh, resentment or, you know, I'm not angry anymore about what happened. In fact, I'm grateful that it was something that I can go through because it's something now that I can talk about and it's something that if other people are going through something similar that they can also reach out and I'm happy to hear their story and listen to them and share um, some ways that I managed to get out. You know, even though talking about this isn't necessarily easy for me to share, um, since I wrote my book and I really relived um, that night in such great detail, it's a lot easier than it was and you know when I talk about these kind of things and I've only talked about it a few times um, once after that run-in about eight years ago with them or seven years ago um, and then when I wrote Hope Elevated it just it starts to take the power out of it you know and that is a really good feeling every time you discuss it not to say that you're gonna you want to discuss this with just anybody because in all honesty it is almost better to discuss this kind of stuff with somebody who's been through it and somebody who understands because I know that I had had um, some people in my life that just couldn't relate to it right and they used to look at me like what are you doing you know why would you do this it's you know almost that if you're not in it you don't understand it uh, necessarily and so just talking about this kind of stuff takes the power away and it starts to heal you slowly but surely and I can say this from experience and it feels really good today to be able to talk about this kind of stuff so like I mentioned if you're going through something or you've been some through something like this and you feel like you haven't totally healed from the experience 
make sure you reach out, get help, talk to somebody that you trust. And of course, I would love to hear your story. Um, I'm always looking for people to have on the show as well, who have been through experiences and would like to share their story because my mission here is to inspire other people, right? And inspire change. And that's why I named my book Hope Elevated, because I want to make sure that when I talk to you, you know, there's some sort of inspiration and maybe it gives you that, you know, kick that you need in your day to go, you know what, I can do this. I'm going to achieve my goals. And that is my mission on the show is to help people that want to develop a healthier mindset. And, you know, I'm going to let this out right now. I'm working on some rebranding. Of course, because of COVID, unfortunately, I have not been able to travel. Um, I would love to travel across the border because in all honesty, I have some friends that I had been planning on going to see. I've had to cancel a couple trips now, which was so upsetting. Um, So I think I'm going to have to shift a little here. And although it's still going to be about health and wellness and my journey that I'm going to share with you because... I'm going to be giving you some updates. I'm going to be doing some challenges coming up here soon because I'm still struggling to get rid of that last seven to eight pounds. Um, But I'm enjoying the journey. I'm going to switch some things up here. So stay tuned for those announcements. But like I mentioned before, Mensana starting that course, um, a couple of them coming up the end of August and early September. I'm going to publish those dates on my website as well. So head on over to www.theroadtohealth.me. You can get some more information or shoot me an email info at theroadtohealth.me. And I look forward to hearing from you. Anyway, guys, I hope you stay safe out there and be well. And until next time, be safe out there. That wraps up another episode of the Road to Health podcast, where my goal is to empower and inspire you to build a firm belief in your own ability to change your life and start achieving your goals. I know from experience, it can be hard to make healthy lifestyle changes that actually stick. I work with people to help them define their goals and identify the roadblocks that stop them from achieving them. If you would like to take advantage of a free consultation call to figure out how you can reach your goals, visit my website at www.theroadtohealth.me and book today. When you're there, make sure you sign up for my five steps to achieving your goals. And until next time, be safe and healthy.